Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Talk Recorded live. Hey, Don, you still there? I'm still here. All righty. And uh, you're not fully clothed, huh? <laughs> that was a little more information than I needed to know. <laughs> So, uh, I cannot be fully clothed in the shower. Oh, oh! You came out of the shower. I was hoping to get there. Oh, you were hoping to get into the shower. Yeah, until Paul handed me this phone. Oh, okay. There you go. That's good, Alicia. Oh, I thought you were getting ready to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not. You said thought you were saying you get ready to go to sleep. So I figured I'd better talk to you real quick before you go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you have the um, you have the video of um, me going into the public courthouse, right? The other yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah, but did you show Paul? Um, I haven't shown Paul that one. I've just shown him the one where you were in your mother's um study and you rang social services. That's what right. I've shown him. Okay. But you didn't show me one where I was in a, uh, with the court clerk lady? No, no, because Paul's got a schedule which I would like to <laughs> Yeah, we have to, we have to upload that one because I was going to show people. <coughs> well, like I said, I never my own court in any court. I can get in to do that. All right, that's a good idea. Yeah, let's well, you know what I'll talk to you. Yeah, we'll need another phone. Well, uh, I'm getting a bad echo. Yeah, and we'll uh, try to figure something out. So it's like I was saying to the, I never established a court yet in the United States. I've never done one yet, just for myself. Mm-hmm. So this was the first one I ever did. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm talking to the Sean's on the phone too, man. Here, and uh, you, you're on mute, right, Sean? Yeah, yeah, I am. Okay. And uh, that's what I'm trying to show people how to start their own courts. Carl, can I do it through notices? Establish my court when I move it to common or to a court of record? Do the notices? No, no, I'm talking to Donald. Oh, sorry. No, I'm talking to Donald. Um, yeah, no, I'm Don. No, I was saying to Don. I'm, uh, Don was helping me videotape uh, to show everybody how to do it. From beginning to end, when uh, we two minutes before the close, we got there at a twelve o'clock. Christmas Eve. So that's what I always try to do. Yeah, I got you. Just before Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. New Year's Eve. I try to do right before Thanksgiving. I try to do all my filings right before a major holiday. <laughs> that way, it's in a skeleton crew. 
and nobody's paying attention. Everybody's out partying. You know, it's one of those George Washington things. You know, getting when they're sleeping on Christmas Eve and all party and drunk. The same thing like the United States. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mute everybody out except for me right now. Let me just, let me just mute everybody out for a second here. So it's just me and Don. But uh, yeah, like I said, just like a, just like what happened with Washington when he uh, crossed the Delaware, he didn't on Christmas Eve when everybody's partying stone. The United States government does the same thing too. On January first, they make all the revisions to the to the statutes of the codes. They do all the revisions when everybody's partying their asses off on Christmas uh, New Year's Eve. They'll sign the last little bit of uh, legislation for the year. They've done it throughout history. You know, it's a really long history of them sneaking um, acts of Congress in, you know, on New Year's Eve just before midnight and told everybody to go home. And when all the senators and congressmen went home, like say they were home, the Democrats would open up the Congress and they'd have a quick vote and they'd slide something through at the very last minute. So, you know, everybody else would be like, you know, the Democrats would stick around Washington, D.C., and all the Republicans would go home while the Republicans would do it to Democrats. It's pretty sneaky stuff. So I see that it works, and it's worked out throughout history. So this is what I try to tell people. When I file something, you know, there's a long, like, process to this, a long, thought-out process. Yes, is it simple? Yes, but I also want to get in there when nobody's paying attention. I want to get in there when they're all drunk or they're all partying or they're all, you know, went on early vacation. So I go in there, like I said, when nobody's paying attention. So uh, me and Donald, we got lucky. And there's a, uh, it's funny, Donald's daughter's like a 50-something-year-old lady. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Don? Yes, yes. Because, I'm, because, I'm... Yeah, because he's from, he's from the UK. And uh, I said, no, this lady's in her 70s. Don, well, then in the way you were looking at it was everybody's supposed to be retired at a certain age. You know, she thought it was, you know, what did you say? It was like incredible that people still work in the United States when they're 70, 80, 90 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. People in the UK think that's outrageous. And I was telling them, yeah, I said, if you didn't save up for your retirement, you're 70, 80, 90 years old, you're going to be pushing shopping carts at Walmart until the day you die. Mm-hmm. That was hell, man. That's terrible, huh, Don? Yes. yes. I'm surprised because such a rich country, I thought they'd look after the elderly. Yeah, they should. I mean, they really should. You know, because you and I were talking about that with Greece, that uh, these 18, 19-year-old kids were complaining that they're only getting like 1200 or $1,500 a month, you know, from the government to live on. And I'm like, what? 18 to 15, you know, like $1,500 a month to live on, and these kids, like four or five people to an apartment? How in the world could these kids who are 18, 19, 20 years old complain that they're giving government checks for just being alive? And then wonder why Greece is in so much trouble when these people could get money, you know. And here in the United States, there's no 18, 19, 20-year-old boy that's going to get, you know, $1,500 a month with government just because he doesn't have a job. That's crazy. They want to tell him to get his lazy butt in gear and go to work. But yeah, it's fun when you came here and saw that uh, how the government does people over here. But it's funny, uh, 
So what I, we did is we went down to the courthouse. We go to just before closing time. We said this is going to be great. We're just going to do uh, we're going to do a lens court at circuit court. And it was funny. Uh, I usually put in a nice big bold letters the name of the court at the top. And I said, nah, what? Bold letters. I'm going to go in there with nice little small, you know, regular 12, 13 font, real just normal thin, <laughs> not big fat letters that screams out, call lens, you know, the lens court at circuit court or Augusta County. I said, no, let's make it nice and simple. Let's make it nice little 12 font, nothing standing out. And this nice little lady, when she got there, it only took us 12 minutes, maybe. I, I, you know, the, by the time we walked in, by the time we walked out, it wasn't very long. So what was fun about that is we got in there, and uh, we um, put the paperwork. And she said, oh, I've seen stuff like this before. I was like, yeah, you know, she's seen my stuff like this before because I just did two of them from my brother, Frank. And uh, she said, you're supposed to be doing this stuff across the street. You're supposed to be doing the initial filing across the street. <coughs> but we attached a bill at the very bottom, and the bill was, how much was the bill for? Like uh, $5 million or something like that? Yeah, $5 million. Yeah, five, whatever, yeah. <laughs> For the two kids, for the thirty days, for the thirty day bill, for the two kids, it was like two point something each, each uh, month. So we did the dollar a second. So uh, <laughs> when she we supposed to do this across the street, I'm like, well, I think across the street is like small claims court, and you know, and I think I think I'm I believe I'm in a proper court for this. And she said, well, the judge is probably just going to kick it out, <laughs> and you're going to bring it across the street. And I said, no, I think Mr. Ludwig, um, he knows who I am. He he knows what I'm doing. I think he'll uh, he'll he'll let it, he'll let us stay in this in this venue. I, I believe it's proper name. So then I was very nice. Uh, Donald said I was charming. You know, that I was telling her that you're from England and uh, trying to do misdirection. I guess he was saying, <laughs> trying to keep her from reading too much of the paper. <laughs> And uh, uh, not that I do something like that, but the lady actually saw I attached exhibits. I attached uh, exhibit A, B, and exhibit P. A was my child. B was my child. And uh, P was exhibit P, like Patrick for property. So I put an exhibit P for property, like the definition of the word property. (coughs) And the definition I used was out of there, dictionary. It wasn't out of my dictionary, it was out of their dictionary. So I don't want them to give me any nonsense and tell me, you know, what the hell do you mean by property? I said, okay, you know, instead of using John Locke or anything cute, I said, why don't I just use it straight out of their law dictionaries? It was a very simple uh, definitions. It's like the ones I use in my uh, they even wrote the cut, copy, and paste this out of my dictionary as well. Just a section. The property in my dictionary is probably like three pages long, but I just used the ones that they were familiar with. And it just says property. One, that which is peculiar or proper to any person, that which belongs exclusively to one. 
So see, that's right out of their law dictionary, out of their legal dictionaries. And then number two, it says, in a strict legal sense, an aggregate of rights which are guaranteed and protected by the government. And there actually is an actual um, citation there underneath that power versus state. You know, so fault and light keep power versus state. And then number three was just the term is said to extend to every valuable right and interest. And this is all lawsuit is going to be about is interest. So most people don't understand what I'm doing. This is the word that I'm using to move my court, is interest. When you invest in something, when you put something into something, you expect to get, you expect to get interest out of it. This is all commercial. So I have a, what they would call a vested interest in my property. I put some, you know, I put life to it. I'm the one who put it on planet Earth. I'm the one who worked and labored, and I'm the one who produced it. I'm the one who created it. And obviously, I passed it on to the mother. You know, when me and her joined together, we became one. So we are the same person when it pertains to this uh, child, you know, this property, this daughter, the son. And we, we became one. So she could come forth and make a claim if she wanted to. And she just have as much standing as I would. And then we just go based upon ancient traditions and beliefs that since these are girls, obviously, if the mom and I couldn't live together, Obviously, the girls would go to the mom. And I don't want to hear none of this Canadian nonsense about we're all equal. No, we're not. There's only certain things a mom could teach a 12, 13, 14-year-old girl that a man could only imagine. So I wouldn't even want to try to imagine and screw their lives up by having me rear them when there's a mom or a woman available in their life that could explain things to them a lot better than I could ever dream of explaining. And that's why I always laugh at women when they say, you think you could raise a son to be a man it's the most ridiculous nonsense I ever heard because there's no way in the world I could rear a girl into being a woman. There's no way. You know, I'm going to leave out so much information for her and uh, I don't have that certain nuance and style of rhythm. I, I just won't be able to carry it that a woman could, you know, impart to another woman. So it's, it's ridiculous to think, you know, that I could possibly do it. If there's a female available, believe me, I leave the girls with the females. You know, if there's a boy involved. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to take him on, you know, once he reaches a certain age because a boy has to be, you know, reared by a man. It's like a woman could say to him, you have to open doors for women. And then he'd say, why? I thought we were equal. I thought men and women were equal. I think, like, mom, I thought you said women are equal to men. Why does it I have to open a door for a woman? Or you might have a woman who's rearing a boy and think that it's chauvinistic that a boy is opening a door for a woman. She might be a feminist and say, no, you don't open doors for uh, women. You let them open their own damn door. That might be the feminist point of view. So uh, to me, you, should, you know, a boy has to be reared by a man and taught by a man. And it's like, look, you know, I'll explain to him, son, this is how this world works lately. We open doors for women. Yes, they're going to squeal and say, you know, you're chauvinistic and you're a pig. You know, we got to take the ridicule and we got to be mocked. Yes, we have to take the abuse from them. Yes, we have to tolerate it. Yes, they have a certain agenda, but we still have to do what is right. Regardless of whatever the popular trend is at the moment, we still have a duty and obligation to do what is right at all times. Regardless of whatever the general consensus is and what the democratic 
people in this country vote, that 51% of us say we're equal and we don't open doors for each other anymore. We don't care what the mob rules. We do what is right. Whether we're the only ones that agree out of 10 million or 10 billion, we do what is right. And we know what's right because God put it in our heart. So we know what the right thing to do is. We don't even have to think about it. We know it's right because it feels correct. It feels right. So number four on that definition of property says, more specifically, ownership. So there you go. This is right out of their legal dictionary. It says five, the unrestricted and exclusive right to a thing, as in the right to, one, dispose of a thing in every legal way, two, to possess it, three, to use it, and four, to exclude everyone else from interfering with its use. So I made it crystal clear that those children are my property. They're exclusive to me to use and enjoy. They belong exclusively to one. And when these people get it up in an uproar, they say, oh, man, this this horrible thing that you say. I say, hey, it's ready to leave the dictionary. Why is it why is it horrible? Why is it a horrible thing to say that they're property? Because the, the last the definition of property in their legal dictionary says property within constitutional protection it denotes a group of rights inhering a citizen's relation to a physical thing as right to possess and the right to use and dispose of it. So they could say that's a horrible thing. They keep saying that that's your property. And I say, well, to them, well, you could call us, I call it a sunshine or a cupcake or powder puff or, uh, or what, uh, you know, my rainbow pony. I call it whatever the hell I wish to call it. Don't worry why I call it what I call her. Because when she throws a rock through your window, you're going to come walking out in that parking lot. And you're going to say, who belongs to this kid? Who does this kid belong to? Who? Who is going to be liable for the damages that she created in this world? Who created this little monster? Whose monster is this? Who's going to bear liability for setting this forth out to society? Who? And they're going to look at me and say, good. Now you pay for the damages. Or you go to jail for her. So I'm the one who's going to bear liability. So I don't want to tell anybody. Uh, I'd love to have somebody tell me that I don't have a vested interest in her. <clears throat> and anybody who comes forth, they would have to say that they have a superior interest in that which is mine, or my child, or my car, or my hula hoop, or my uh, glass of water. Somebody would have to say that they have a superior interest in my, whatever that is, what I claim is mine. So the big thing with this, what's going on with this, uh, the girl in the court, or the, the two girls now in the court, is they're going to try to bring somebody forth who's going to say, you know, that we, that she or the governor, like I said, I'm just going after the director of social services, because thank God I went there before the children were taken. I did a preemptive strike, and I went to them because I kind of had an idea that this was what was going to go down. So when Frank was taken into custody, I figured it's only a matter of time before the girls were taken. And that's exactly, my mom sent me the email to, from her attorney. I'll read the email from her attorney. The reason why they took the kids is because the, Mike the cop was afraid I was going to interfere with his police investigation and convict Frank. And they were actually asking me to leave the home until after Frank's conviction. And once Frank is convicted, then I could come back towards my girls. But they did not want me here because I could dissuade the girls to not testify against Grandpa. 
So that is the reason why they took them. So uh, took the girls. And it's actually literally what uh, my mom's uh, <coughs> attorney wrote. So I'm waiting for the Google to pop up here. So I can pop it up and show you folks. <coughs> But I'll just give you the highlight of what it says about why they the girls. One way in that smooth or slow. Let me see here. Oh, that's why, because I got to do everything running. That's why. I'll talk. That's my computer. My side of the chat board here for a second. Let me shut it down here. There you go. And. Google. Yeah, see because it's spinning the wrong way. Let me just shut down all of the tabs. Anyway, like I said, the big thing is vested interest. They're going to try to explain that they have a vested interest in that. And I'm going to, is this what's great about calling them out with a vested interest? Did you say, oh, yeah, did you bring the paperwork to prove how much you actually, you know, vested within this child? How much did you actually put into it? You're going to have to actually show me the dollar amount. You're going to have to show me a spreadsheet. You're going to have to show me the exact, you know, what you invested in, the exact whatever you put into it. And there's no way in the world they're going to be able to get it to the penny. There's no way. But that's the way their their world moves. Their world moves to the to the penny. So, um, like I said, one of the most evil things, uh, one of the best things I ever heard of President of, it was Barack Obama saying that the greatest gift that our forefathers gave us was the right to self-governance. And one of the, he totally flipped it around in the very next breath. And he said, if you don't like the way the government is at this time, wait four years, elect a whole new, you know, set of politicians, a whole new set of congressmen, whole new president, and reverse everything that we did. So what he was basically saying is, right, the, the, our forefathers gave us the right to self-govern. And he tried to spin that into saying, they gave us the right to vote. Oh, really? No, I got the right to self-govern, and that means I don't need anybody to vote for anybody to be my leader to tell me how to govern myself. So in the same breath, it was, it was kind of weird how he just basically just went right from the greatest gift our forefathers gave us, and I think that was October 17th, 2013. He said that it was around 9, 10 o'clock in the morning at some you know breakfast, luncheon, or whatever he was, had going on. But that's where that quote comes from, if you're looking for it. But then the very next breath, he says, if you don't like the way the government is running, wait a couple of years, vote us all out, you take control, and then your mob rules. Well, he didn't say the mob rules. He said the democratic process. Then you become the 51%, and you tell the 49 what to do. But right now, we're in control. We're the 51%, and we're going to control you 49, whether you like it or not. If you don't like it, well... In a couple of years, you can vote us all out, and then you can control us, and then we'll lose all our rights. We'll lose all our freedoms. We'll lose everything because you people voted that way, that you take everything away from us. <clears throat> so that was pretty insane how they went from such a nice, wonderful sentence by just saying, you know, the greatest, one of the greatest gifts our forefathers gave us was the right to self-governing, you know, governance, to saying, and if you don't like what we're doing to you now, just wait four years and do it to us flip it around and, you know, abuse and, you know, suppress us to take away our rights and our freedoms. But right now, I'm in charge, and this is the way the hell is going down, whether you like it or not. 
And then the other crazy thing that I heard his speechwriters create for him one time was saying, before I leave office, the United States government is going to have an interest in all of the United States' children. And that was one of the most evil things I heard him say, is because they're going to try to claim that they have an interest in our children. And if they have an interest in our children, then they have the right to make a claim to have them returned, and they become claimants. It was a claim to somebody who's making a declaration or a statement that he wants property returned to him. I don't want any fictional entity called any government, the United States government, you know, Mongolian government, you know, Syrian government, any government having the, the, the capacity to say that they have a vested interest in a man or woman or flesh and blood. That's insane that some, you know, creation of man is going to try to say that they put something into that creation called man or woman or child or girl or boy. That's just nuts. That's just totally effing nuts. But like I said, what they try to do is they try to convince you folks that this is just the way it's always been. The government's always been in control and this is just the way it's always been because we've been, you know, birthed into this society and this is all we know. And we forgot, you know, like the wilderness kind of people, the people who came here had to self-govern. They had, couldn't wait for the the parliament or England or France or the Dutch to tell them what to do. People who first landed here had to make it on their own. And as time's gone by, you know, we forgot how to do things on our own. So, like I said, we went to the courthouse and um, it went really smoothly. <coughs> we... Um, put the paperwork in, the court clerk lady, she went through the exhibits. Because most times I tell people, look, if you go in there to the court's office, court clerk's office, during normal business hours, they're going to have keepers at the gate that are going to make sure that you can't slide paperwork in like I did. They're going to make sure, you know, they're going to say, oh, the exhibit. Like I said, when the lady saw the exhibit of a baby, of the, of the girl, you know, well, she's 12, 13, whatever you want to call it, you know, teenager, 13-year-old. I call the baby, whatever. I'm going to put a teenager's picture in there. And then another girl, most court clerks, or clerks of the courts, the court clerk is the actual the head of the court clerk. You know, the court of the uh, clerk's office is the court clerk. Almost everybody that you're going to encounter is just a clerk of the court, not the court clerk. So what happens is you're going to run into the, you know, the, the people who, you know, are not at the top of the ladder, you know. So, uh, but still, you know, if they saw something like I dropped into that lady's lap, I dropped a picture of children into her lap. And most court clerks of the court would say, um, sir, is that a picture of a child? It's like, this is a, a, a what? I thought this was a property. I thought you were talking about property here. Why is there a picture of a child in here? So some court clerks might actually try to get curious and try to say, no, 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 no. If this is a family court issue, you are definitely going to have to take it across the street over to juvenile, juvenile domestic court. You can't do it. Whatever you're thinking about doing, just forget about it. I'm not going to let it go through. So me and uh, Donald, that's why I had him recorded. I was waiting for the clerk of the court <laughs> to say something about why in the world are pictures of children as exhibits in this case that you're trying to present to me, that you're trying to get me to file for you. 
So I was all set, you know, with the, my whole rhetoric to say, look, ma'am, if you wish to interfere with my right to access this court, I'm going to have to call up your boss over at the Attorney General's office, and they're going to have to explain to you that you just need to file my claim. Now, if the court wishes to kick it out, that's between I and the court. It has nothing to do with the clerks of the court's office or the court clerk's office. It has nothing to do with you folks and me. So just let it go through. So I was all set for that whole spiel. I was all set, you know, because I've done it plenty of times with those folks down there. Gone down with that 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 storyline, and that's how I actually had to go up to the court clerk that one time. <laughs> and but obviously it never um came before an open court. And honestly, it was just a way to just get them to pay attention to what I was doing and let me put my paperwork through, which they let me do years ago. Then after I filed a claim against them. But the whole thing is, you gotta understand. You go up to the court clerk. She's the one who assigns the judges his his uh, schedule. He's she's the one who assigns the judges his workload. She's the one who cuts the judge his check. So she's the money. She's the financier. She's the accounting division of the courthouse. So obviously the judge doesn't want to piss her off. So obviously you're not going to get too many judges who are willing to. Um, let you put <laughs> sit <laughs> well, sit in judgment <laughs> of the lady who <laughs> cuts him his check. So he's not going to be too apt to uh, want to hear that. You know, you'd have to find more like a retired judge to go after something like that, or like I do. <clears throat> I wait till they have me there for some other reason, and then I'll slip that in, that claim in as well. So that way, there is a judge seated, <clears throat> and I'll try to get my case heard at the same time they're doing a traffic court traffic data. So I'll try to slide it in at the same time. Say, hey, since I'm going to be in the neighborhood, let's do it both on the same day. But anyway, we, we went there to the court clerk's office and we were ready. You know, like I said, she, she looked at she looked at the suit and she reads the suit. And she goes, okay, I mean, let's claim wrong trespass failure to store property. See, I'm going for the failure to restore property. I'm not going for the taking and carrying off of property because they could say they were totally justified that I... I placed my child in a private institution or a private school or a private home or a private dwelling, and something went wrong. And when that went wrong, uh, they jumped in and say there was a fire that broke out in that private dwelling. A fire broke out in a, you know, in a private school. Whatever happened, something horrible happened. Or the the the, the headmaster of the school, you know, was caught, you know, doing something or alleged to have done something. So they took the children and they placed it into the state custody, which was nice of them. Instead of letting the kids just sit out in the street, or instead of they could have dropped them off at a church, I guess, but the state decided that they're going to step in and they're going to play mommy and daddy until the rightful owners, until the rightful mom and dad step in. So I decided to uh, realize that they were going to do this. They were going to take Frank or whoever, you know, it didn't matter who it was. And I realized that if I had any influence on the outcome of their hearing or their trial against the headmaster or the stepdad or step-grandpa, whatever you want to call them, that I realized that they were going to take the girls to protect their case. Because if they took the man for one second and whatever happened was not true, that man obviously could sue them for a, an unbelievable amount of money. 
and basically probably bankrupt this county and bankrupt the court system, bankrupt everybody from what they did to him. So I realized that they were going to take the girl. So I went there. And my very next line of my lawsuit is that said I tendered a document, a fair warning, prior to the removal, Exhibit 1. Exhibit 1 was simple. I went. I wrote to the attorney commissioner and I wrote to the, the head director of social services and I called them by name. I didn't actually say that they were director of anything. I didn't say he was commissioner or anything. And I just said, I must require compensation of a dollar a second for any use and enjoyment of my property in any manner which may be counted to your or any county agent's or agency's possession. I said, I don't care if it was a, you stole it. I don't care if you uh, we make an agreement, a lawful agreement. I don't care if it was a legal seizure. I don't care. However it becomes into your possession, I'm going to seek compensation. Just like I say to people, if I was uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, and I let Miley Cyrus go to Hannah Banana, Montana, whatever that is going down there in Disney, that uh, he's going to require fair and just compensation for the taking and use of his 12, 13-year-old girl, or 12-year-old girl, however old she was when she was doing those shows. <coughs> and uh, I'm charging $86,000 a day. Now, what did Billy Ray Cyrus charge Disney? I don't know. Did he charge him 80000 a day? I don't know. Did he charge him a million? Honestly, I don't know. But I'm sure he got compensated for the use and enjoyment of that which was his. It was a, he wasn't able to use and enjoy it. It was off someplace else, providing a service or a product or creating a product or producing, you know, for Disney. So, like I said, explain to them, look, you can take and carry off that which is mine. Now, if you want to put them to work, I'm obviously, I have no control over that. What are you going to do? Are they going to be making Nike shoes while they're in entertainment? I don't know. Are you going to have them singing and dancing? I don't know. Because I know when that six-year-old girl came back home from foster care when she was six, she started doing all stripping pole moves around the Christmas tree, buck naked on the first Christmas here. So obviously somebody's teaching her how to dance and perform. So uh, when she comes back home this time, I don't care how you how she was performing or what you were doing with her, all I'm going to tell you is I'm going to require compensation because you're using and enjoying her in whatever manner you wish. Because there's absolutely nothing I'm going to be able to do about it anyway, is there, because you've got a gun pointed at my head. So obviously, I'm going to require compensation because that's why I employ them as well. The only reason you are going to have the capacity to take them, that which is mine and hold it from me is because if I go to collect it, you could have a gun pointed at my head, and you were going to kill me. So, however you want to word that, if you want to say, like they're going to say they have state law, which they've said a couple times in some of these letters, which is hysterical, because Virginia is a commonwealth. It is not a state. So they're saying that they have state law that provides them this ability to do what they're doing. And I just laugh at them, and I used to say it's administrative. It's a policy from the executive branch. It has nothing to do with the legislative acts of Congress or the legislative branch here in the Commonwealth. It's not acting through the judiciary. It's acting your courts, your family courts, are all administrative through the executive branch. And somebody asked me <coughs> from the uh, governor's office, said, well, who's your governor? I said, honestly, sir, I haven't had a governess since I was probably two, three years old. I said, if you're an adult and you still have a governess, that's pretty sad. Or if, 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 if you have a male, who's your governess, who's your governor, that's creepy. I said, I guarantee you, I've never had a governor. I said, I might have had a governess. But 
for I to have a governor at 50-something years old, that would be awfully creepy that I couldn't take care of myself, that I couldn't wipe my own behind at 50-something years old or wipe my nose that I actually need some man to tell me what I can and cannot do. That would be, that'd be pretty creepy at this stage of life that I need someone to direct me, somebody to control me, something to govern me. It would be pretty creepy. <coughs> so what was funny is when we did this with the um, with the court clerk lady, I was worried that she was just going to go find somebody else and say, wait a second, I see a lot of crazy stuff in here. <laughs> and I'm not sure about this. Let me go ask somebody above me. So like I said, thank God that she was a nice, sweet little uh, 70-something-year-old lady. <clears throat> and she uh, let the paperwork go through. <laughs> because after I gave him the fair warning prior to them taking and carrying off that which was mine uh, I said to them I said I'm going to charge you either daily, weekly, monthly I'm going to send you bills I'm going to send you an invoice and uh, obviously I'm going to send them an invoice You know, I've already sent them a 30 day invoice and what's even funnier I'm going to send them a billing statement You know, on Monday as well and a billing statement is going to include next month's invoice or next month's bill that's going to be due. So it's going to be $5 million for the past 30 days. And then we're going to give a billing statement for the next 30 days. Well, it's going to basically be almost another 22 days that they're going to be looking at $10 million by January, whatever, 23rd. I think the billing cycle started on the 23rd. So I tended them a... What was the next thing I wrote? Oh, a billing schedule. I made a delivery to Pond said wrong. There was a billing schedule for taking and carrying off the property. So then I told everybody what the billing statement was. It was historical what I wrote last week. You know, I said, I man acquire from you a woman and or you as an acting agent for the county compensation rate of $1 per second, 24 hours a day for any use and enjoyment of my property, that which is mine, not yours, C exhibit A, C exhibit B. Same thing with Billy Ray Cyrus would basically be doing with Disney. Saying, look, I'm going to require of Disney compensation of this much money every day or every month for the use and enjoyment of Miley Cyrus. And they said to me, uh, well, you know, Miley Cyrus had talent. I said, hey, hey, I said, my kids are a triple threat. I said, the one girl certainly can act and say, Grandpa did all this horrible stuff to her. I said, oh, and the kid could sing. I said, she plays the clarinet. I said, and uh, she dances. I said, she's a triple threat. I said, she can sing, dance, she can act. She's a hell of a performer. If they don't sign her up with Disney while they got her, well, that's to their, you know. They should. They should use her to their greatest use and enjoyment that they could get out of her. Why not? Why not use her for whatever they could get out of her at this point in time? I said, if they're just letting her, you know, if they're letting it sit on a if they're not putting to use, oh well, that's not my problem. I said, how did you know that I wasn't going to uh, try to see if she was uh, good enough to uh, star in a film yet? You know, who who are you to say that what I can and cannot do with my child that she's not worth a million dollars? I said, you know, a day. Who's to say? You know, I just haven't uh, met the right person at Disney yet. Who knows? Whatever. I said, but it's neither here nor there. I said, it's mine. It's not yours. Return it or compensate. And so I gave them this contract prior to them uh, 
taking a carry off and they didn't dispel this contract. They didn't say, that's ridiculous, you know. They didn't say to me that, well, you know, we're not going to honor this. This is just your wish that what you want, if we take and use your property, we're not agreeing to it. Okay, good. You're not agreeing to it? Fine. Don't. And then when I take it to court, <coughs> you'll have the opportunity to explain to the jury that that's just total insanity. And then they'll determine whether or not I'm crazy or not. And this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to find out once and for all, is does man have the right to property in this nation, on this land, or don't we? Does the government get to control man and man's property? Because I was told by a state trooper who just came out of uh, the police academy out there. I wonder why they don't call it a state trooper academy. They call it police academy. Oh, that's kind of weird. But anyway, that um, he was told that um, on the very first day that we do not have, that, that he does not, nor any state trooper has, has any power authority over his fellow man. That they cannot can tell the man what he can and cannot do with his property. He cannot control the fellow man. He has no authority to do that, anything to his fellow man. You said, now let's talk about defendants. Now let's talk about suspects. Now let's talk about homeowners. Now let's talk about deadness. That we have control over. But we have no control over a man or his property. So they're all taught this. So I don't want to hear that they weren't given full disclosure. Yes, they were. Because why were they given full disclosure? At the academies. Because when they go out and they trespass upon man, <coughs> the county, the states, the governments, the agencies that they work through or operate under are going to throw them under the bus and say, look, we told you a long time ago, you have no ability to control that which is man. You have no right to take that which is man. You have no right to hurt a man. You have no right to harm a man. So they're going to throw the agents under the bus and say they acted outside of their scope of authority. And we fully trained you folks. And if you read, you know, your training manual on page one, line three, it clearly says that you have no authority and control over your fellow man. And they're going to squeal and say, wait a second, wait a second. But then you told us all this other stuff we could do. It's like, ah, what we told you, let's talk about a drunk driver. Let's talk about a pedophile. Let's talk about uh, uh, somebody who failed to pay their taxes. Let's talk about a taxpayer. Let's talk about all this other stuff. So they forget that they're talking about a man. They're talking, they think, and the taxpayer, just like you guys, <laughs> all you can't, uh, I don't want to call you people names, but Jesus F, how many times have you got to listen to my show for me to keep saying the same damn thing? Saying, you're a man. If you wish to be a taxpayer, that's fine. If you wish to be a driver, that's fine. If that's what you wish to be at that particular moment, if you wish to be an actor at that particular moment of time, that's fine. But then you're going to have to understand what's going to happen when you act. And like I said, you can go back to one of my first shows. I said, I don't care if you're a Sidney Poitier. I don't care if you're, uh, I said, I don't care if you're, you know, Lawrence Fishburne. I don't care if you're Orson Welles. I don't care if you're Lawrence Olivier. I don't care how you play Othello. You're going to die. I don't care how you wish to be an actor. I don't care how you wish to be. You're going. This is only going to end one way. You're going to die. So if you wish to be a defendant, there's only one way this thing is going to end. It ain't going to be pretty. So when I say to you folks, you know, when they ask you, you know, you know, make your appearance in court, 
Yes. If you wish me to be a defendant. At this time, I can afford to move as a defendant. But I can take on the role of prosecutor or bailiff. I'm pretty good at that. I'm not sure how it would be at magistrate, but I certainly couldn't act as judge. But I'll appear, but uh, I cannot at this time, you know, in all good faith, and you know, act as a defendant. I don't have five years or seven years of, you know, legal experience like you folks do. I didn't go to law school. I didn't pass the bar. So for me to appear in your court, in your legal proceeding, in your legal setting, as a legal person, as a defendant, uh, it's going to be ugly. I'm going to fail miserably. It's like you asked me to play Shakespeare. You asked me to play Othello. Hell, I'm not even black, and I didn't bring my black makeup. So how in the world am I going to carry this day? And it's going to be a horrible rendition of Othello. I don't know the lines. I don't know where I'm supposed to stand. I have no clue. No, I don't <laughs> wish to have a coach, an attorney standing next to me. <coughs> I don't wish to have any man or woman like that assigned to me to help me through this. And we made a joke during the week. We said, uh, they say, uh, you know, we'll have an attorney pointed for you. <laughs> and we kind of made a off-color joke by saying something about if I want to get screwed, my wife has an assortment of toys next to her bedstand, and if I want to get screwed, I'll have my wife do it for me. I don't require uh, an attorney at this time because I have no desire to be screwed. <clears throat> we'll put it nicely. So, like I said, you know, you, you, you don't tell them no, but you, you, you ex- explain why you can't accept such a wonderful benefit at this time. And you don't literally say what I just did, but I'm trying to convey it that by getting an attorney, I cannot see the benefit. Feeling like I see if it's going to cause me harm, injury, or loss. I do not understand why you people would perceive it to be something that would be of aid or assistance to me. It would just cause harm to you, fellow man. You could say it nicely like that instead of saying, my wife's got an assortment of toys, and if I want to get, she'll take care of that for me. <clears throat> so, because I trust her and I don't trust you. But regardless, and uh, like I said, we went to Exhibit 2, so the lady just blew right to Exhibit 2, so like, oh, thank God. And then we gave him a notice of a claim of trespass. <clears throat> so people probably getting confused what I'm saying when I say making a claim of trespass. <clears throat> and that's what I said in my suit. I said, said I made a delivery claim, a notice of a claim of trespass. So they like, said, call. You made a claim of trespass, but you gave it in the form of a notice. You did a notice of a claim. Yes, it's like a notice of a lien. It's not the actual lien, but the lien is coming. I have in my heart, in my mind, that there is a claim. Now, I'm going to give you notice that I'm going to move my claim. I'm going to present my claim to the world. So right now, I'm just giving it to you in the form of a notice that I have a claim coming. Like, say, I was making a claim for gold. I found gold over them the hills but I'm not ready to submit the paperwork to the court yet or to the county recorder's office yet or to the claims office yet. I'm not ready. But I'm just letting you know, I got a belief that I found gold. Now, I'm just getting all the coordinates, the longitude, the latitude. I'm just setting up all the exhibits. I'm just setting it up. But I believe I have a claim and I over at the other side of that hill. So if anybody comes in in the next two or three days and they have a claim and that they're already prepared, I'm letting you folks know I already have a claim working and it's in progress. So at least that will give me the ability to move my claim before the court and maybe have standing for a claim. So obviously I made a suit and I obviously 
I, I presented a case to the court clerk's office, and uh, obviously I called it. I, I, I said I'm going to appear as, you know, call Lance Mann, <laughs> claimant. And a claimant is somebody or a person or a man or a woman who's seeking the recovery of property. And that's what it means. The recovery of a right or recovery of property. And this is what I made a suit on the very first line saying that, that the, you know, the, the, the wrongdoer was trespassed by failure to restore the property. They have that which is mine. And I asked them, I, I wish for its return. And we actually recorded it on the day before Christmas Eve, I think. And we recorded it. We called up the uh, called up the director of social services, Anita Harris lady. And they had me on some sort of conference call with the caseworker and somebody else. And uh, I just said it was my wish to have the restoration of that which is mine for the holiday season. Thank you for taking it and securing it and protecting it. Now I wish it to be delivered upon I and my person for the holiday seasons. And they basically told me to go pound salt. So, uh, <laughs> thank God I recorded all this. Because what, what, why that's a benefit that I recorded it is because I believe you should try to settle it on the private side. So, they had notice it was going to make a claim of trespass. I called them and I tried to negotiate with them. And they basically just told me there's no way that that's going to happen. And, uh, how I was trying to figure out a way to get them to hang up on me so I could say, or tell me no, or something like that, in many, many ways, as many ways as they tell me no as possible. And they were telling me many, many ways of the word no. So then I said to the lady, so it is not your show, it's not with you, or is it with your capacity to return that which is mine? And she tried to say that um, it is in the court's hands. I said, who is moving to court? And she said that whatever social, whatever it's called, have Valley Services. I, I'm asking on that. Valley Community Carl. Services is. Oh, hey, Don. Carl. Do you want me to play it? Yeah, if you got it, man, do it. Right. Okay, I'm just going to play it now. God, man. Good. It gives me a chance Let's... to eat a piece of toast. <laughs> okay, it's on for 12 play. minutes, so I'm going to play it now. <laughs> Thanks, man. Okay. Hey, it sounds good, man. I can hear it. Department of Service custody, and we have to go through the court in order. 
That court, whatever you're assembling, that court is not my God. Do you understand literally what the word petition means? Do you have any idea what I do for a living? Do you understand I wrote a law dictionary?
don't act under the acts of the legislators, you act under the executive branch. It's administrative policy. And when you talk about state law, it's really a state code. It's the code of Virginia, not the public law. Ma'am, you will not be able to go to Richmond and pull out the public law, roll it out, and show exactly where you get the authority to do this. It's been codified. It's written into a code. And then your administrative policies are written through the governor's office, through the executive branch. This is not a state law, ma'am. So when you keep saying state law, it's not a state law. It's an administrative policy. It's an administrative code. It's an act of the legislature, which codified into the Code of Virginia of 
So then if you tell them to go F off, well, the first thing that happens to the community, the judge is going to say, well, the reason why we're having this pestilence, famine, flood is because Carl Lentz told me to go F off, and he appeased the gods, and now the gods are really pissed. So, you know what, we're going to have to punish Carl for not doing what I told him to do because I have the channel directly straight through God. I'm not petitioning any effing man on planet Earth. That's effing insane. I'm never going to fucking petition a man. <clears throat> thinking that he's got a channel through God, a higher deity, or he is my God. That's that's obscene. Even tell me to go petition something or somebody. That's obscene. You want to tell me to petition God? Oh, you better believe I will. You better believe I do every day. But you better believe I'm not going to do that to another flesh and blood being. That's obscenity. That's how, This is how obscene that these people have become or have been for the last 10,000 years. They haven't evolved. <laughs> they still believe that there's some sort of high priestess or high priest the Florida temple telling me to supplicate myself to their control because they have a direct link because they're some sort of supreme being. They have supreme knowledge. They're the ultra-wise. They got this, this magical wisdom that I could only hope that they would bestow upon me and that I could act according to what they wish to impose upon me. That's what authority means. If you want to Google what authoritarian means, it means that which is imposed orders compared to freedom. So my mom's like attorney said that Cole has a very bad uh, track history of abiding by authority. Of course, that means imposed orders. So you get Google authoritarian, and it means imposed orders compared that to freedom. So yes, has Cole always had a problem with uh, imposed orders? Yes. If it's voluntary orders, oh, I love them. I love them. Oh, you're going to order me to do something? Oh, I love it. Oh, you're going to impose these orders on me? Um, that's fine, too, but uh, I want to see compensation because I'm not part of your crew, and I'm not part of your family, and I'm not your citizen, and I don't have a governor, and I don't have a governess. What I do know is I, what you see is man. And you see him self-governing the best I can, and I'm using God to petition to every day, saying, God, which way should I go? And I let God decide. And that's the way I flow. So, back to the lawsuit. I said, I require uh, said wrongdoers to return that which is mine and or compensate. Simple. I think I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Return that which is mine or compensate. Make it nice and simple. I said, uh, the last thing was, oh no, let's say, uh, da, 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 uh, said I order said court to grant to said I compensation. See exhibit four. In exhibit four. We did a lovely invoice from Microsoft Word. Looks real cool. I even put the, the icon on there that I do with my uh, invoice pads over in England, the pawn with the image of the, the shadow of the queen. And I wrote customer's name, Anita Harris, address, you know, Dick Hoff Lane, you know, Verona, 540-245-5800. And I wrote days on one column, 30 days, quantity, one 13-year-old girl, days, quantity, one 11-year-old girl. A daily rate eighty six thousand four hundred dollars total two million five hundred and ninety two thousand dollars. Course of the use of Hello.
Ah, sorry about that, folks. My call dropped. Let me see if I can get dialed back on. I see add a call. Yep, I'm back, folks. So, um, yeah, I guess let me uh, do the mom's letter to um that the lawyer wrote to her. Huh? Let me do this one real quick. <clears throat> let me see. There you go. <clears throat> and this is the lawyer from her let- uh, letter from her lawyer. You would have figured I would have saved it. Maybe I didn't. It's Clicking the folder. Okay, it's desktop documents. Ah, client. Okay, got it. Let me see what this letter says real quick. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It just says, I was glad to have the opportunity to speak to you this morning, follow our conversation, and email the first eight chapters of the Child Protective Services Manual. As I explained to you over the phone, the ability of Child Protective Services to remove children is a function of state law, which is funny. Because, again, we live in the Commonwealth. So it would be Commonwealth law, not state law. And what's even funnier, it would be under the Virginia Code of 1950, where he's pulling this stuff from. It says, particularly Virginia Code, section 16.1-2.51, no, 251 and 252. Okay, yay. For purposes of our present case. The only problem is, it's not my case, it's your case, it's not our present case, it's your present case, and I don't wish to appear. So, yay, when people tell me, so call, you're not appearing in family court? Nope. You're some to appear? Uh, the legal person was. The father was. The only thing I know is I'm a man, and I wrote them 18 freaking pages of what I am and what I am not, and who they are and who they, and who are, who they are not. So, and I opened up my own court. So, obviously, I'm going to have to write a lovely letter. Of course, Wednesday, they're having another court hearing, and I'm going to write to explain to Bob or Susie, whoever seems to be the hearing officer, that if anything happens on Wednesday where I get further loss or harm or injury to I, the man, um, whoever Bob or Susie is, whoever decides to make a ruling and administrate my property without my consent, 
is also going to be added to the claim that I put before the court on last Wednesday. And I'm with some judo care as man in my court. That's all right. Right on my claim, Susie Cupcake, the director, and uh, the governor, whatever his name is, Terry, however you pronounce his last name, not a clue. I define him as a man, has a wrongdoer. This ain't about a governor. There's not one mention that they were directing, not one mention that's a governor. Like I said, I put the director's name down there, thank God. I went immediately and I started to go put the paperwork, not to the caseworker, not to the case manager, not to their supervisor, <coughs> not to the uh, not to uh, uh, the associate director. I went straight to the top. I went straight to the director. So how I explain it to people, why I believe it's such a good idea to go straight to the director, is like, say we're making a movie, say a Disney movie. Again, let's do Hannah Banana and Billy Ray Cyrus. And um, the director has Miley Ray Cyrus do something really stupid, and she gets hurt or harmed or injured. Obviously, I'm daddy. Obviously, I'm going to make a claim that the director talking carried off, or the director would kept the child longer, kept Miley Ray Cyrus longer than we agreed on. We only agreed to have her there until daddy could come and pick her up. Fine. We agreed that uh, the, the government the sheriff's departments, <laughs> fire departments, <clears throat> the Good Samaritan saw that my child was in danger and took her into the Good Samaritan's home or took her into the church. A priest saw her in trouble, took her into the nun saw her in trouble, took her into the church, notified daddy, something went horribly wrong, got to daddy, turned the child back over to daddy. The, the church can't hold the child indefinitely until it finds out why you know, investigates why the girl, you know, got hurt or why the girl was out. No, you just give it back to that who it belongs to. You say, you know what, uh, if I was you, I'd take a better, a closer eye on that uh, Miley Ray Cyrus. She's a little wild one. You better take care of your kid because, uh, you know, crazy shit like this, you know, happens all the time. So, yeah, okay, thanks for all your concern, but uh, I-, I got it from here. So that's what I'm basically trying to convey to the director, that I have it from here. And she basically told me to go pound salt in a nice way. You know, they hung up on me, which was fantastic. So negotiations ended when they hung up. So I immediately, yay, said, oh, I'm pretty sure that the phone call went a little longer with me talking. He didn't record, I guess, that part. But I said, I explained to Donald, he was in my mom's uh, office, that now I have the opportunity to lie claim before the court. Because negotiations said, and there's no sense pursuing this any longer since they just hung up, didn't even say goodbye, just went click. This call is going to be terminated. Yay. <laughs> so then I could pursue it. Yay. So I have absolute proof that I tried to settle it on the private side. I did everything honorably, and they hung up on me. I didn't hang up on them. Bananas, you know, negotiations just broke down. So how long does Billy Ray Cyrus have to wait? Because the director doesn't want to return Miley Ray. He could wait about 10 seconds before he goes before court and says, I require this court, go and get that which is mine and place it with me immediately. No more fooling around. Get it back. So not only is he going to get go after the director of the Disney film she's in, who else is he going to go after? Because obviously the director's a paid employee of Disney. 
or paid contractor to Disney. Obviously, he's going to go after Disney as well. And he's going to, obviously, go after the chairman of the board, Mr. Walt Disney himself. So who's the chairman of the board of every state agency? The governor. So if you look it up, you'll, you'll see it within your own uh, state, you know, It'll say the chairman of the DHR board is social services board. This uh, the financial, you know, agency. The chairman of the board is the governor. He's the chairman of every single one of these agencies. All right. So obviously, I'm putting down Walt Disney. And what's hysterical? I put the paperwork into the court clerk lady, and she said, "Who's this Terry McGulliff?" She couldn't even pronounce his last name either. I can't pronounce it either. And uh, I said. Uh, put their address down. So I put down the address I knew was 68 Huff Lane in Verona, where that lady's uh, government center is. Now, where the governor's mansion is in Richmond, I have no clue. So obviously, he's not going to be able to be served properly on Monday morning. The sheriff's department is going to come back and say there is no Terry McGooley-F, whatever, how you pronounce his name, in um, at that location. Somebody's going to say he's the governor. I think Cole's going after the governor. So it's funny. I'll tell you guys that either some other day or later. I actually went down and talked to Brad Zinn, the newspaper writer, after I filed my claim. I talked to him in the lobby for about an hour. And yes, that guy's a massive pothead. And uh, he's got that, uh, what do they call that, that choker smile, you know, the nerve damage in their cheeks. When people smoke pot a lot, they can't get that grin off their face. And when I mentioned something about Frank and uh, the government has to come after people now, the stuff on their computer, like they have to, like the King Charles did, and went after people with their paper and effects, that he'd go into people's home and read their personal letters or open up their mail. The government's doing that now to see who is, you know, going to go against the government policy or say something bad about the government or Barack Obama or somebody. First, they're going to start with saying that we've got to go into your computers to see kitty porn. And then they're going to say, well, you're a, national, you're a danger to the national interest. You are writing subversive uh, uh, paperwork or saying subversive things about the government, and we can't allow that because we're in war. And you can go back, and I don't care how many wars we've been in, you'll always see that they've set up some sort of like a concentration camp for people who uh, go against what the government policy is at that particular moment in time. I mean, especially World War One was incredible. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was called. Not the internment that they did back then during World War I, but it was massive how they were just rounding up every freaking body, everybody's going to jail, who said anything about we should stay out of the war. We shouldn't go into the war. <clears throat> so, you know, it's, it's going to happen again. It always happens. It's just going to repeat itself. We've just got young kids who are 20, 30 years old have no freaking clue what I just said. And there's people my age, 50 years old, who still have no freaking clue what I said. But anyway, we're back to... Uh, going after the director and the executive producer of a movie. That's basically what I'm doing. I went after the director. She's actually literally called the director of social services. And the governor is actually called the chairman of the board of social services. So it all kind of makes sense why I'm going in that direction, because they're... Now, it's funny, when I brought it up to the newspaper guy, he says, he says, he says I'm going to love to see how you're going to cost the money. He said, no, this is where all you people... If there's one person on this show that knows that you do not get the money at court, what do you effing get? And I guarantee I could 
unmute every freaking body, and every single freaking one of you is to get it wrong. Every single one of you. Just like the the, the newspaper guy said, well, you, you know, so you're gonna get a you're gonna get the money from the newspaper guy. He said the newspaper guy said you're gonna get their money. How are you gonna get their money from them? I said no. When you go to court, you get judgment. That's what you get. You get judgment. Whether your case had merit or not, collecting the money is a whole different procedure. It has absolutely nothing to do with me going to court on this matter. I said, I'm, I, I explained in great detail to the newspaper guy what I would do with that judgment after I got the judgment. How I'd sell the judgment, how I'd move the judgment, how I'd move another court, how I'd move a debt court, how I'd move all kinds of courts, how I'd move all kinds of financial institutions by holding this judgment. And on the full faith of my credit clause, that judgment would be good everywhere. <laughs> so, I'm not going to bother explaining judgments no more because I guarantee I did. And I guarantee that Craig Lynch guy probably broke it apart. And I ain't doing it again. I'm done saying this stuff a hundred times. Right now, I'm just concentrating on the kids. So, um, the thing with... Uh, somebody try this. Give it to me. I don't know why people try to... Uh, Text message me while I'm talking on the phone. I just got 10 text messages that sell it. Yeah, okay. <coughs> so, well, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, back to the letter that my mom got from the attorney. The uh, attorney guy, she actually went out to go get an attorney, which, you know, I think is kind of amusing. But she's got no standing in court, you know, because she had no legal custody. And if she actually tried to get custody, she'd have to get fingerprinted, background checked. She would have to get a home study done. There'd be a whole plethora of hoops she'd have to jump through before those kids would ever get back here. She would be looking at a minimum, I'd say, at least eight months before they'd even think about it. So I basically was trying to tell you, you're wasting your time. Anyway, let me get back to that letter. I wonder if you said our incident case. No, he said our present case. They always usually it's like saying our instant case. Okay, he said our present case. Lovely. <clears throat> the only question before the court is going to whether abuse... It doesn't make any sense. The only question before the court is going to whether abuse... Okay. I'll, I'll try to figure out this guy was trying to say. The only question before this court is to... Whether there is going to be, there you go, because he wrote, literally he wrote, the only question before the court is going to whether abuse and neglect. I think what he's trying to say is the only question before the court is to whether uh, there's going to be abuse and neglect. As you see, it's, it's 21, they, they write like this. I'm going to literally read what he wrote. The only question before the court is going to whether abuse and neglect has occurred and whether or not it is necessary for the girls to remain away from the farm and possibly you and your son to prevent further abuse and neglect. So obviously, he's trying to say the other question before the court is um, uh, whether it is necessary for the girls to remain from the farm to prevent further abuse and neglect. CPS will argue that there is a danger of harm to the children, which is funny. Harm means actual physical if they return to your care under the present circumstances. CPS is likely... See, what's funny is now they're saying CPS. First they said that the children are under the custody of Valley Community Services. Now they're saying it's under the 
CPS, Child Protective Services. That's 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 interesting. Who is moving this court? That's why I keep asking. Who? Not what? Because you guys keep changing. You know the player here. First it was Valley Community Services. Now it's CPS. <coughs> CPS is likely going to take the position that you are willing to put the safety of your home that your husband could come home. I said to my mom when she went there for the bail hearing with him. They said, "Is Frank? Uh, can Frank come home if we send him bail?" And she said, "Yes." So I said to her, look, if you felt that this was a trick question, a trap question, which it was, if you you say, no, he can't come home, then you're saying that you believe that something happened. If you said he can come home, then you're saying that nothing happened. So when you said he can come home, you know, you know, you know, you, 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 they pinned you in a corner. They asked you a question that they knew no matter which way you went they were going to slap you. So you go left, you go right, they were going to still smack you back into the corner. I said, it was a trick question. I said, all you had to say to them is say, hmm, at this time I don't feel comfortable in answering that question. Let me seek out competent counsel and I'll provide to this court a proper answer in 72 hours. At this time, I, I, I wish to seek out competent counsel before I provide a court that answer to that question. And you could have just stood on that. Instead of making it like all you people do, except for Gus, Gus is getting good at it, all you people, and the Moldovian guy was good. Okay, so there are other people out there. They're getting good at this. And, hey, that's right, Sean is getting good at this. He said, hey, unless uh, habeas corpus is suspended, I still aren't going to require that the, uh, my accuser appear. So you, you guys, okay, you, okay, I shouldn't bash you guys that hard, man. Some of you guys are getting it. That um, when they ask you a question, you basically say, who the fuck are you? And if you wish to ask me that question, you better put it in writing. And if you wish for a proper answer, you're going to have to give me leave of court to send me to the house or a properly answer this court after I seek out proper counsel, competent counsel. Okay. Man, should somebody please stop effing texting me, man? I don't, I don't read them during the show. You're wasting your time. I read that one, guys, and now everybody don't just take him when I read it. Everybody's. Uh, I just want to read that one to see if the man from Tennessee is trying to call them. Think, distinctive thing. You know, yeah, that's great. Twenty-seven texts, yay, in the last two minutes. Yeah, isn't that just effing special? Thanks, guys, but uh, I got this, okay? So, um, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. To this, to CPS, this creates a problem. See. The CPS, this creates a problem. I told my mom, who is this Mr. or Mrs. CPS? Because it says CPS will argue. You mean by way of an attorney? CPS, this thing, this administrative agency, or this division of an agency? Because I guarantee CPS is not an agency on itself at all. I guarantee it's some sort of a division of family services or whatever the hell they got going on at the state capitol. But the branch of their agency, CPS, will argue, oh, really? And I'm going to say, oh, is CPS here today? Well, it's represented by counsel. Oh, really? And is that a counsel have any firsthand knowledge that anything it's going to bring before the court or he or she's going to bring before the court is true? Is CPS attorney going to testify that it is true today? No, I didn't think so. And why would I even bother wasting my time going into juvenile court, domestic relations court, family court? Why would I even waste my time? Because the judge is going to say, I'm out of order. Or the judge is going to say, we don't do that here. 
we just want to come to court. We all just sit here and we're a big family. We're all citizens and I'm the mommy. And I'm going to determine what's best for you, Junior, and what's best for your grandpa, for your mom and the grandkids. You know, I'm going to make the ruling because I'm the high priest, the priestess. Yeah, right. I got the one way track to God. Yeah, uh-huh. whatever. Whatever. <clears throat> so, CPS is, uh, da, da, da. CPS is likely taking the decision that you're willing to break the state's agreement by saying that your husband could come home. Of course he could come home. One hundred is exonerated. One hundred finds it's not true. What was he going to say? No, she can't come home? This is ridiculous. The CPS, this creates a problem. Not because your husband might come home, but because you're willing to break the safety agreement you signed. Oh, that's special. And she signed a safety agreement. <laughs> She's got no authority or position to sign a safety agreement. They're not her kids. They're mine. I got legal custody of those kids. Not her. So it's pretty funny that they were having her sign safety agreements when... Uh, <clears throat> they had no right to propose, make a proposal to her in the first place. It was just that lovely. That's why she said to me on Monday, she said they're furious at me because they found out I don't have to leave the custody of kids. They want to know why I have your kids called. I said, because I came to you. She's like, but where's the legal paper? There is no legal paper. I'm not a legal person. I gave you lawful custody. I'm a man. You know, a man is bound by natural law. There's a natural law. There's an absolute law that why I did what I did. It's our common belief, it's our common law, that when a daddy can't wipe a little girl's behind, he places it with grandma. If grandma's not available, he places it with aunt. If aunt's not available, he places it with one of his female cousins. If cousin isn't available, I place it with one of my female nieces. It's the common belief, the traditions of devout people, so before the, written, before the written word even existed, since caveman time, this is what daddy's always done in accordance to our law. Not some legal ridiculousness that had only been around since like 1880. Back to the letter. I think we would have a fighting chance if we were able to show CPS and the court, whatever this magical name CPS is, I just call it, I should say, hey, where's Kips? What? Where's Kips? What? This guy, Kips. You know, or Kips what? Kips will argue that there's a danger. Who's Kips? Don't say CPS. No, CPS is what? Who is going to come forth and argue? Well, their attorney. No, that's the attorney is a what? And it's what is going to come forth and testify. I said, who is going to testify? <clears throat> so, like I said, you know what? It's just going to give them a brain fart. If I walk into a courtroom and I start doing that stuff, so I said, you know what? Screw this, you know. I'm just going to take them across the street and settle it across the street. I think you would have a fighting chance if we were able to show CPS in the court that Carl had left the premises and had gone on with his life that existed prior to your husband's arrest and away from the girls. My mom was smart and said, honestly, if he moved across the street to the mobile home park, say he just decided to rent a $500 a month mobile home across the street, which he can He'll actually literally be closer to the girls if he moves across the street to that mobile home park than way back in the field behind the barn. So how far, literally, does CPS call want to move? Across the street, across the other side of the planet? How far, literally, does call have to remove himself from the premises before CPS will be freaking happy? And I told my mom, I understood that. 
she said without me coaching. I was like, holy shit, Mom, that was brilliant. I said, that's fucking fantastic. You know, your, your brain is functioning at that at a decent level that you're able to throw back at them. <clears throat> because literally, they're just making you jump through hoops. They're just bullshitting you, bullshitting you, bullshitting you. They're not going to let those kids come anywhere near me or come to home because it's the other part of the letter clearly says. It has to do with Frank and them being sued. So, Kips, or CPS, sees that it's in the best interest of the girls that they not be influenced by anyone who is doubting their stories. It's not their stories, it's a girl's story. CPS basically takes the view that someone taking care of the girls has to either be behind uh, them 100% as dictated by CPS. He actually said as dictated by CPS. That CPS basically takes the view. What do you mean basically takes the view? He's saying they do take the view. CPS basically takes the view that someone taking care of the girls has to either be behind them 100% as dictated by CPS or that person or persons against the girls and poses a threat to them during the course of the criminal investigation. Yay! F and yay. There it is. Bottom line. Yay! That they poses a threat to them during the course of a criminal investigation. Yay! So, how is the girls going to be threatened during a criminal investigation? They're afraid daddy's going to ask them questions. Like, hey, kid. The cop told me, you were never nude in front of Grandpa. Were you ever nude in front of Grandpa? No. Was Grandpa ever nude in front of you? No. And, uh, so, um, if you weren't nude and Grandpa wasn't nude, <coughs> Grandpa have sex with you? Well, no. Okay. Just asking, kid. Just wondering this. Did you guys ever, like, uh, run around naked in a pool or something like that? You know, take over bathing suits and just swim naked and frolic? And... No. Okay, I'm just asking these questions, kids, because I just want to know. So see, I would actually do the dad thing because I'm competent. And anybody who knows me and anybody who's ever dealt with me knows I know how to ask people certain questions a certain way. I'm a hell of a litigator. And I know how to get to the bottom of this. Because like I said, all I would do if Frank actually had to appear in court is I would question my daughter on the witness stand. I'd ask her a simple question. I'd say, here, honey, here's $100. Say, Grandpa did it. Grandpa did it. Here, honey. And I give her like $2,000. Now say, Grandpa didn't do it. Grandpa didn't do it. I rest my case. And I'd walk away. And she'd hold the $2,000 in her hand. Why? Because we're going to make a million dollars off the county anyway. So what's the big deal? Because we're going to screw this guy's ass. We're going to sue the county's ass. But whoever runs this county, for, for holding this man, indefinitely without bail, on the word of an incompetent minor. Yay. That's why incompetence can't testify. Because you could hand them a box of cookies and tell them, now say this. Okay. Would you like a pony? Another pony? Yeah, now say that. Okay. The reason they manipulated the easily scared. They don't have the ability to understand the word honor. It takes many, many years for any man to understand the word honor. And almost nobody on these shows understands what the word honor is. Because you, we were open taught since we were little kids to have white lies, to speak white lies. <clears throat> I am horrible at white lies. When my sister took me to get glasses, she realized I needed glasses because I have a knife blindness. And I watched TV at her home 
at night, I had to do the old, like, pinhole through my fingers, like the old OK symbol through my eye to watch TV. As soon as she turned the lights on, I didn't have to do that anymore. So she got me glasses. So we went down to this one. I had no money. So thank God. I bought her glasses now, too. Believe me, it's payback time for me. I'm compensating her. She did great. She took damn good care of me for three years. So now I'm taking care of her phone bills. I'm taking care of her car. I'm taking care of her glasses. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of her now in whatever little ways I can. <clears throat> but anyway, she took me to the eye doctor. And I have, um, I see great two, three feet away from me because that's where books are and that's where the computer was. And I didn't give my eyes enough exercise for three years and I can't see distance very clearly anymore. But boy, can I read a book and boy, can I see a computer crystal clear. So the lady tried to put the glasses on me. I said, ma'am, I'm not a baby. I know how to adjust glasses. And my sister said, Carl, can you just let this poor woman do her job? You know, just be served, Carl. It's no, no big deal. I hate people serving me. I, I hate it I, because I feel I owe them a debt. And then I got to compensate. I don't like anybody doing anything for me. I like doing it for myself as much as I can, obviously. You know, because I don't, I don't wish to compensate every single body five you know, million times a day. And that's what I tell people who call me up on these shows. Uh, the people who uh, call me up and say, call, I've been listening to these shows religiously. I mean, some guy actually said to me, religiously for five months, morning, noon, and night. I'll compensate you, call, if you give me help now. I say, wait a second, wait a second. You said you've downloaded all my shows. You've listened to me religiously for five months. You haven't compensated me yet. But you said, if I help you one-on-one, now you'll compensate me. What do you call those five months of shows? Do not call those five months of shows helping you. I was like, well, yes, but now I just personally need your interaction one-on-one. Oh, so I provided a service to you for all these years or all these months. And not one time did you feel compassionate or did you feel moved to compensate? How do you people think you're going to pull this off in court when you don't know how to act like a man, when you're getting something from your fellow man and you're not returning something? Isn't this just lovely? Because what I do is a lifestyle. And you still got to get past that man in a black robe. And that man that's in a black robe is going to be able to tell if you are truly a man by the way you act before him. Like simple things I was doing when I went to court uh, not too long ago. Every time um, uh, the woman um, stenographer was getting up and down or the court clerk lady was getting up and down, I was standing up and down in court. Now, the bailiff and everybody must have thought that was effing crazy. You know, they said, what is this guy standing up? I guess he's got to go bathroom or something. No, a woman stood up. So a woman stood up. I stand up. Why? What does a man do? Why does a man stand up when a woman stands up? I explained that on my shows in the past. I ain't explained it again. But there's a reason why I did what I did. So if you guys just pull this stunt in court and say, hey, the judge says, what are you doing? Why are you standing up every time she stands up? What are you doing? Where are you going? Well, what's going on? Don't worry about it, Your Honor. You, you know, I, I hope you know that that's what a man does. And I've explained in great detail why I'm doing what I'm doing. But you guys ain't going to do it, you know, because it's a lifestyle. You guys can't fake being a man. You can't. And this is why so many people crash and burn when you actually have to go perform in an open court. That's why even though you might know Shakespeare and you might know Othello, like the back of your hand, you're still not Lawrence Olivier. You're still not going to win the Oscar. It ain't going to happen. You know, I don't care how bad you want to get that Oscar, there's only one Lawrence Olivier, and you ain't him. 
<clears throat> so that's why I tell people, try to carry this all off in paper before you got to open it up in court. You know, don't try to just open up a court like I'm doing because the, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot of acting skills involved. Try to do it with paper, pen, and ink. Try to do it in two, three sentences. Try to settle it on the private. So anyway, let's go back to here. CPS is not going to take anyone's word alone. That call is not going to be influencing the girls during the criminal proceedings. There you go. Call's not going to influence the girls during criminal proceedings. See, this is what it's all about. It has absolutely nothing to do with the girls are in danger. It has to do with the county's in danger, the cops in danger, the jail's in danger, the detention center's in danger. Everybody's in danger. The girls are in danger. So there you go. It is my understanding. Oh, this is a good one. You guys will know this. It is my understanding that call may be in the sovereign citizen movement. <laughs> I bash those guys every which way from Sunday. It's too funny. So, but that's funny. It's my understanding. That's pretty funny. <clears throat> and that he has sued public employee on claims that were thrown out of court. Oh, no, I haven't sued a public employee. I've sued a man and a woman. And uh, obviously, I can't go down to Alabama. Why? Because uh, I like to live. I like to, be, I like to not go and be held indefinitely until when? I get 100000 I told these people back in 2001. I said, oh, yeah? You know when I want to move my claim against you? They said, what? Oh, I bet it's in the case file somewhere. And they actually wrote that down. Call said he's going to come back here with 100,000 people. So you know, that's when Call's going to come and move his case before the court when he has 100,000 people behind him. <laughs> I did not know so much of how the Internet was going to play into this factor, but I knew that there was something called the Internet. And I worked for Sony and Dell back in 97. I show everybody my... Uh, my uh, uh, card. I know I should scan that damn card and put it on my webpage because everybody comes and should, I tell them be very gentle. That card is brittle. It's 1998 pass to get into the convention center in Las Vegas for the big Comdex show. I worked for SoftBank and uh, they were a brand of Comdex, which was the second biggest computer company in the world. It's Comdex and it's an actual Japanese computer company similar to IBM. And they put on a show every year. Biggest like computer show in the world. And I wish whoever's texting me would stop effing texting me. So, um, what was I saying about uh, Comdex? Computer show. Okay, I realized that the internet was going to be powerful one day. And it was going to be massive. Whoever's texting me, man, I ain't never going to talk to you again. How's that? With all these text messages because I wanted to just write to you, F you. Okay? And uh, you don't have the decency to stop. Fine. Whoever's a 210 area code, I have no idea who the hell this is. Let me scroll up and tell him, hey, man, you got to stop. All right, he's a decent guy, but, dude, you got to stop. I mean, I like you, and, you know, you got to stop. Just stop. People need people need to hear this. If you want to talk to me about something later and cheer me on and say I'm wonderful, that, that's fantastic. <clears throat> but call me later. Stop texting me during my effing show. Please, everybody, stop texting me. So anyway, um, going back to Sony and Dell, I knew this internet was going to be powerful. And I knew that I did fiber optics for the military. I did Nellis. If you wanted me to describe Nellis Air Force Base, I can. You describe Luke. You want me to describe Indian Springs. You want me to describe 
area 51, uh, Mercury. You want me to explain what, what the, how that is set up? I will. I'll tell you exactly how to get in the gate. I'll tell you exactly where the communication rooms are. Not a problem. So uh, when people come over here, I let them see all my fiber optic manuals. And you actually see my handwriting, try to figure out to configure <coughs> the ring around the city or the loop or how I figured out the frequency levels and how they want to drop the attenuation rates well. So I show, ah, look, I found my books. I found my manuals. Oh, boy. So when people come here now, some doctor guy came here and another doctor and detective guy came here and the man who runs the helicopter company in Tennessee was here. I'm showing them my manuals. Here you go, sweep and balance. What's sweep and balance? Ah, this is how you provision a cable company. See, cable used to be simple. You used to put a gazillion decibels down the line. And, you know, they just filter them as they go. Now you've got a return path. So now the return path has got to come back at 17 decibels. The whole, every time it hits another amplifier, it's going to drop down a little bit, but when it shoots out of that amplifier, it's got to come out at 17 decibels and it's a certain distance that it can travel and before they stood, the, the signal starts bumping into each other because the modems come out at a different frequency. So you don't want people to, uh, you know, <coughs> bumping into each other. So I knew that the Internet was going to be massive someday. So I learned everything about phone systems. I did PBX systems. I show everybody all these manuals I have. They're not like crispy, clean manuals that just sit on somebody's shelves. You can see grease on them. You can see my ink. You know, I wrote everything in ink. I didn't do any of, my, any of my stuff on it with a pencil, thank God, because it probably would have worked, you know, through the years, it'd probably be hard to read it. Everything was written in pen. I love doing everything in pen. Math, I don't care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.